you're listening to the Shit Musicians Say Podcast with your host, Steve Dixon. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Shit Musicians Say Podcast. It has been a while, and I must apologize. We had a uh, bit of a false start there, and uh, I'll explain to you why here shortly. But uh, let's not get too excited because it's only me today. But uh, back in October 11th of 2018, I posted an episode for the preview for season two. And uh, shortly thereafter, didn't release any episodes. So you may or may not have noticed. Anyways... The explanation behind that. So shortly thereafter, uh, posting that episode and getting hold of uh, quite a few people, uh, the ones that I had listed off on that said episode, um, I went on vacation. And uh, during that vacation, I was emailing back and forth with uh, the manager of a band that I was uh, really into in the uh, early 90s called Warrior Soul. They were on uh, Geffen for four albums. So not a terribly small band, but they didn't make much of a mark here in the U.S. They uh, did a lot of touring over Europe, and they still do. Um, Anyways, I was uh, talking to the manager of that band, and it dawned on me um, they had released like five or six dates they were doing in the U.S., which they hardly ever do because for whatever reason, they don't draw a crowd over here. I love them to death. Um, Their first two albums are absolute amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, Last Decade, Dead Century is their first album on Geffen. Their second one was Drugs God, The New Republic. Um, Very uh, worthwhile listening if you, you get a chance. Uh, you, you might hate it and think, what the fuck was that guy thinking? But having said that, I do enjoy both those albums uh, greatly. Um, so as I'm talking to the manager, it dawns on me to uh, ask about a meet and greet. And then I took it one step further and uh, asked if I could interview Corey Clark, the sole remaining member, the singer of Warrior Soul asked if I could uh, possibly get 15, 20 minutes with him or whatever he was willing to give. And she said, absolutely. So I was on a bit of a high from that. And this is all taking place while I'm in uh, Nassau, Bahamas. It was a beautiful place. So as if you need any more boost while sitting your ass in the sand in one of those beautiful beaches. Um, so got that tied down. Um, we were going to, uh, I wish I had the thought to print off the emails, but I didn't. Um, she had said, oh yeah, there's this nice little, uh, family owned Mexican restaurant caddy corner from the uh, venue in Chicago, um, that Corey really likes. And, um, you guys could sit down and have some margaritas. And so it's like, fucking blowing my mind that I would even get a chance to hang out with the dude, much less interview him. So, um, I was on a bit of a high from that. And as we're flying home from 
the Bahamas. We got uh, delayed and got stuck in, I think, North Carolina. And uh, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and it's been a really long day because we got to the airport early and blah, blah, blah. And you know how exhausting all that shit is. But uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm... I probably had my nose in my phone playing Candy Crush or something like that, I'm sure. And my wife says, hey, that guy looks like Jason Bonham. And I've met Jason Bonham once or twice before. He's a super nice guy. And uh, he was kind of kneeling down, and all I could see was a profile. But uh, he stood up and kind of faced me. He was probably 30 feet from me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is him. And as I said that, he kind of took a right and then, like, disappeared into the crowd Thought he had taken off. Well, 30 seconds later, I look back and he's standing in line. Excuse me. Staying in line at getting ready to board right next to the, the uh, what do you call it? The terminal right next to us. And uh, my wife kind of got geeked out. I was like, calm down. I said, just follow me. So I went up to him and I was like, hey, I don't want to um, call too much attention to you. But uh, do you think it'd be okay if my wife got a picture with you? So we both took pictures with him and not even trying, sat there and talked to him for like the next 15 minutes. Super nice guy. So um, during the course, of the course of the conversation, one of the things that really like fucked me up, like I had to pinch myself. It was so surreal. He's He, got, he gets out his phone and he's showing me these pictures because I'm talking to him about his... Uh, his band that he does, uh, not uh, The Circle with Sammy Hagar and all that, but uh, the Jason Bonham Led Zeppelin experience. If you haven't see it, seen it, I highly recommend it. I've seen it three or four times, and it uh, never disappoints. It's really good stuff. So I'm talking to him because they changed guitar players, and I was talking to him about the new guitar player, and um, he whips out his phone, and he's like, oh, these uh, I'm getting these amps for him. These This guy down in Florida... Builds amps for Jimmy Page, and I'm like, holy fuck. Anybody knows anything about me, Jimmy Page is my number one guy. So that was surreal to say the least. But skipping to the end of the story, um, he actually had a show coming up uh, at a local venue, and I said, well, hey, we'll uh, see you, whatever the date was. So we'll see you such and such a date because um, we're coming to see the show. And he was like, oh, uh, well, I I personally answer all the messages on my Instagram, so just hit me up. We'll say hi before the show. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Crazy experience. So as he's getting on the plane and we we go back and sit down and he likes, see you guys later, like waves at us like we're long lost friends. It was fucking crazy. Anyways, so um, I thought I'd take my shot at uh, maybe getting a few minutes with him for the podcast as well. And I, I messaged him a couple weeks beforehand and, um, this is where the false start comes in. So warrior soul, uh, ended up canceling. Uh, there was a Thursday night show in Chicago, which is about two hours from me. And, uh, Corey had some issues with his passport coming over cause he lives in Europe now. And, uh, so the Chicago show got canceled right out of the gate. So I'm still in touch with the manager. I said, listen, the next date was Friday in Wisconsin. I said, that's another hour and a half for me. I will gladly drive there and uh, 
interview him there. Well, push comes to shove, and that date gets canceled too. So Saturday was in Detroit, which is Corey's hometown, and I was like, there's no way he's going to miss this date. So I was in touch with the manager, and I said, listen, I will go to Detroit. It's probably four hours for me. So I got to thinking about it. And in the past, and I think the last time they were going to come to uh, America was 2010. And the same type of shit happened. And I was just like, you know what? I'm working out of town at this point, And I'm working all the way in Youngstown, Ohio. So realistically, if I went all the way to Detroit, I would have had to pack my bags and uh, pretty much just go from there. Because that's the only thing that would have made sense. And that'd be taken away from my time at home. And I was just like, you know, every time they come over here, shit like this happens. And I was just nonplussed and decided to say fuck it on that one. So all apologies. Um, I have failed you miserably. And on that front. So I was really looking forward to having that be the lead off episode for season two. So not only did that happen, but I never got a response from Jason Bonham, which a good friend of mine, Tom Conway, uh, was supposed to interview him for uh, the local paper. And he heard back from the publicist that uh, Jason was sick that week. So it wasn't like he was being a dick or something. Obviously not. The guy's super, super nice. Um, so I had both of those things fall through. I was really um, shooting for the stars to come out of the gate uh, strong for uh, season two for you guys, and uh, it just didn't happen. But um, for episode two of this season, uh, I uh, did another on-site recording in uh, at the BJJ in Paradise camp in Mexico, if you don't know what that is and didn't listen to uh, last year's, it turned into two episodes. But uh, for a week in April, I go to Mexico, uh, Porta Escondido in Oaxaca uh, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu camp and uh, some surfing. And uh, there's always a wide array of people that uh, show up to these things. And uh, last year we had uh, Mr. Duncan Watt, who's a teacher at uh, Berkeley College of Music. And had a great episode with him. Uh, this year we did uh, an episode with Greg Wood, uh, another Berkeley alum and uh, guitarist uh, for about 10 years for a band called Punchline that's uh, a band that's still around and doing fairly well. And uh, we had a guest co-host, Mr. George Law, who had uh, actually got his black belt at the camp, which is no small feat. And... Uh, he recently started playing guitar and is completely obsessed with it, so he wanted to sit in, and uh, he actually um, kind of took over the show a little bit. You fucking George. God damn it. He's actually really good at it. If uh, you haven't heard uh, the Muse podcast or uh, the Great Northeast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu podcast, or it's the Great Northeast BJJ podcast, uh, both very well done. Uh, George is... Uh, done some TV actually and uh, is very good at what he does as far as hosting so he uh, was a guest co-host on that one and I think we had a uh, very very uh, good episode and that one will be coming out uh, roughly two weeks after this one 
like I said, it's only me today. I just wanted to uh, explain myself as far as the false start. I mean, it was October 11th, the last episode. Now it's, I'm recording this on April 19th and it'll probably come out uh, this Thursday. So, you know, six months, give or take a few. All apologies. Um, The other thing I wanted to do, um, there was an idea last season about uh, having people tell stories about run-ins with uh, fairly famous people or whatever. That shit happens to me all the time, obviously, by the Jason Bonham story, and I've got a million of them, but... uh, one that comes to mind, and I really wanted to do this last season, and I'm, I'm obviously not trying to embarrass anybody, and I'm uh, pause. <laughs> um, I'm not going to uh, protect anybody's identities, and uh, if they have a problem with this, they can get a hold of me. But uh, so a while back, and I mean, this was probably September of last year. I went to see Roger Klein and the Peacemakers in. Kalamazoo, Michigan, and a uh, old friend of mine, Mike Vance, was there, and um, we got to hang out, have a few beers together, and uh, we actually got to hang out with the band. A bunch of cool guys. They put on a fucking amazing show. Uh, Highly recommend going to see them as well. But uh, Roger Klein used to be in a band called The Refreshments. Uh, They had one very big hit. uh, what the hell is that? the name of the song is called Banditos but you wouldn't know it by the name it's uh, everybody knows the world is full of stupid people look it up you'll know it immediately it was a huge hit in uh, I think the late 90s early 2000s um, anyways so um, based on the success of that Roger has parlayed his uh, career into a very good live band and they do very well um, and they still continue to uh, put out great music and uh great shows so I met my friend Mike there um, and I'm gonna fuck this up because I, I don't know years and dates I'm really bad about that stuff but when my band uh, Signal uh, was doing fairly well in these parts um, which side note to that I'm trying to get Mr. Josh Zook on here which I probably already mentioned in the preview but anyways, when uh, Signal was doing very well, fairly well, I was working at uh, an RV, RV factory, and I had one of the early uh, like iPod knockoffs. It was called an iRiver, and uh, I had the Refreshments album on that, amongst other things. But I just so happened to be listening to it one day, and uh, really love that, that first album, Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy, fucking Desert Island Disc. Love every song on that album. Great album. So I'm listening to that one day at work, and uh, my phone rings, and it's my bass player, Josh. And he says, hey, uh, Mike Mike has this guitar player from uh, this band, and he couldn't remember the name of the band. I think he, t- he told me initially that it was The Replacements, and I was like, eh, I don't really know much about those guys. Um, and he started singing me the song, and I'm like, that's not The Replacements, that's The Refreshments. I'm fucking listening to them right now. He's like, yeah, the, their guitar player, Brian Blush, is in town, and he's hanging out with Mike, and uh, he's going to come over to rehearsal later. So I'm like, okay, this is somebody that is pretending to be this guy because nobody will recognize him. So uh, sure enough, he comes over. I've got the CD. I pull out the liner, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's him. So have him sign it, and I mean within a matter of months he's a good friend of the band and he's doing his own thing as well he was doing 
open, open mics and um, other things, you know, uh, trying to still make a living at doing it. But uh, so at a certain point, he asked to borrow my PA. And I was like, he was actually kind of coaching the band a little bit because he has obviously been through the, the whole thing. I mean, they were on the radio, did videos, extensive touring. They were signed to a major label. And which is what we were trying to accomplish at that point. So he was, uh, you know, trying to be a mentor to us. And uh, we greatly appreciate it. So when he asked to borrow my PA, I was like, eh, no problem, you know. And uh, so it got to be that it's no, it's no secret that... Uh, Brian's had a, a problem with drugs in the past, and he's it's been very public about it and open about it. He's done interviews where you know he's. I mean, he. I think if I'm not mistaken, and uh, if Brian, you hear this, you can correct me on this. But uh, that was maybe the uh, downfall of the refreshments. So he, uh, to put it mildly, maybe had screwed a couple people over in the in the local. Uh, scene. I mean, there's various stories and I'm not, I, I don't have any firsthand knowledge, so I'm not going to repeat any of them, but there were people that didn't like Brian. I loved Brian. I loved his playing. He was a super nice guy, very charming. So I could see where he could get away with a little bit of shit. Anyways, uh, Brian's still out there actually, just as a, uh, side note, he's, uh, I think he's somewhere in Tennessee, um, doing open mics, still playing music. Um, He's actually got a band, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember who they are right now, and I'd love to give them a plug, but uh, shoot me an email, Brian. Um, we'll uh, get you on the show, maybe. Anyways, so, point of the story is, uh, not that long ago, I was talking to uh, my guitar player in the cover band that I play in, um, Jerry Ophonics, I was talking to Drew Carlin, and he was recounting a story to me because he owned, or ran well, owned, ran, whatever you want to say, one of the local venues that uh, Brian frequently played. And he was like, oh, man, fuck that guy, blah, blah, blah. Something happened. Like I said, I don't have firsthand knowledge of it, so I won't recount it. But anyways, excuse me. Um, I said, you know, I've heard all these stories about this guy, and I'd never had a single problem with him and I let him borrow my PA and it was like, you know, if you if you want to put a price on it, it was a couple thousand dollar PA. You know, he would borrow it all the time and consistently bring it back. And uh you know, just kind of sticking up for the guy. Well, this uh Roger Klein and the Peacemaker show, I run into Mike and I'm I'm telling him that how recently that I had just had a conversation with uh Drew about Brian, because we're standing at Roger Klein and Peacemaker show, and Brian used to be in a band with Roger. So, um, and Mike kind of pauses after I recount the story with the conversation with Drew, and he goes, <sighs> He's like, I hate to tell you this, man, but I had to get your PA out of uh, the pawn shop a couple of times. And I was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny in retrospect. I mean, can't be too pissed about it now, but I just, uh, 
kind of one of those stories that, you know, meet your heroes, whatever. Anyways, so uh, we'll leave that there. If uh, Brian or anybody wants to add anything to that story, uh, I would gladly uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, email me at uh, our new, which we still have the old email, shipmusicianssaypodcast at uh, yahoo.com. I made a, a shorter one because we weren't getting much email, which that could be attributed to the show sucks or something. But uh, it was kind of a $10 handle to be uh, remembering and typing in if you had any questions, which a few people did, and that's what we're going to get to next. But anyways, our new email, and like I said, the old one still works. The new email is smspodcast at yahoo.com. So questions, concerns, fuck yous, uh, whatever you want to do email me we might read it we might not too anyways um before we go uh i want to do a couple of uh fan emails answer some questions that have piled up over the uh downtime so uh we will just let me check my notes here make sure i'm not missing anything before we go on you'll hear me shuffling papers as if that's uh the most unprofessional thing you can do okay here we go. Rick B. from Boystown in Chicago, Illinois, writes, Hey Steve, short-time listener, first-time emailer. Pornhub is buffering, so I'm going to try and come up with some questions. First question, in regards to commercial success or lack thereof, do you feel that there's a point that is acceptable to change your or a band's sound style to conform to current styles or sounds in the name of success. That's uh, funny you ask that, Rick, because um, the episode with Greg Wood, we uh, really touch on this. And actually, uh, Greg went so far as to uh, bow out of a successful band um, because he was feeling like he wasn't doing what he wanted to do anymore. So uh, from my vantage point... Um, if you're not doing it for yourself, and that sounds selfish, but in reality, I mean, once you start trying to do it for other reasons or other people, then I think it comes off as ingenuine, and we kind of touch on that. But, uh, um, yeah, I would not say that it's ever acceptable. I mean, I think it's... Uh, there's a couple bands out right now. Like if you turn on active rock radio, there's a template and it all sounds the same to me. And there's a lot of bands on there that I used to like, and they used to have an original sound. Now it's just real cookie cutter. And I don't like any of it anymore. There are very few bands on there that do anything for me. And, uh, the reason is that, uh, they are doing exactly what you're referring to is, changing their sound or maybe homogenizing their sound for success. And I mean, it is called the music business. The second half of that being business. So you got to sell. So it is what it is. I mean, it may not be their fault. I mean, you reach a certain level of success and you, you probably kind of want to stay there. So uh, you've got record labels and producers telling you how to sound. Um, I've been in that position before and uh, not to talk shit about anybody. I was not uh, real happy about the end product, but that's me 
Um, so yeah, um, Mr. Rick B, um, tune in to the next episode where we talk to Greg Wood and he's got a lot to say, a lot to say about that. And, uh, I actually think, uh, George Law came up with that question and, uh, for his short tenure in playing music, uh, that was a pretty good one. Anyways, moving on, who else do we have here? Jerry from Austin, Texas writes politics. Do they have a place in music? Should they? In commercially successful bands, do you feel that that because they have a national audience that there may be an obligation to raise awareness of political issues? This is uh, a bit of a hot-button controversial type thing, but I would say... Uh, and th- leaning the way I do, most uh, musicians kind of uh, fall on the same side of things. I would hazard a guess because if you and I don't want to uh, divide the audience here, but uh, I feel like uh, there's a certain political party that uh, likes to. The first thing they do is. Uh, when they're cutting budgets, it's cut all the arts programs. And uh, you can pick out which one ever you want to think that that is. But uh, it's a bit of a loaded question because most of the musicians that uh, I follow agree with me. So I would obviously say that, fuck yeah, let them uh, let them say what they want to say. They have a, a platform bigger than what I have and... Uh, they can influence it and I would I mean you would hope that fans wouldn't be sheep and be that easily swayed but maybe they are maybe they aren't so I mean it's a loaded question in the fact that I think a lot of the musicians lean the same way I do so I would obviously say yeah let them say what the fuck they want to say but if um, more musicians were like uh, Aaron Lewis wears that fucking make America great hat on stage and is just uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, I feel like once uh, you reach a certain level of success, that if uh, you might uh, switch sides because you got too much money. But that's uh, topic for another podcast. So thanks, Jerry from Austin, Texas, for pissing people off. Like I said, SMS podcast at yahoo.com. Send me your hate mail. If you're a big Aaron Lewis fan, or Ted Nugent, pick one. Let's see here. Who else do we have? Okay. Gavin, from somewhere in Ireland, um, writes the show. Where did he, where, where did he start? I printed these out, so there's like a nice long header before the email starts. So, dude... First, what do you, where the hell did it start? Damn it. Anyways, we'll skip right down to the body of it because I'm so. Uh, love the show. Long time listener, first time caller. Loved all the episodes, but especially devoured the on location road trip editions. Do you have plans for more of these? Um, the episode that will be released uh, roughly two weeks after this one will be an on site. Um, recording so uh there you go um 
He has two more here. Ever consider inviting an audience along to watch a record? Uh, the semantics of that or logistics, whatever you want to um, call it, might be a little uh, daunting, but I'd be down to do it if the show reached uh, a level where that was something that would be wanted. I'm down to do whatever, so... Next, uh, what about interviewing music fans before, during, or after a local show? Could be a great way to get your name out there and also more listeners. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I should absolutely do that. Um, when I go on location, I take my, uh, I've got a little Tascam handheld recorder that uh, does a pretty good job. So, yeah, I could absolutely do that. That is not a bad idea at all. Last question. Any plans to invite a live or studio sound engineer, lighting engineer, stagehand, venue owner, tour manager, or business manager on the show? I imagine they'd have just as many tales to tell as those smelly musicians. Absolutely. I, uh, it's, it's, the podcast is called Shit Musicians Say, but it's really anybody who has uh, anything to do with music. Like our first guest was Bill Finn. He's a promoter. He's also a musician, but... Uh, I knew him as a promoter long before I knew him as a uh, musician, and uh, I think uh, episode two was Thomas Conway, uh, and he is a music journalist, so absolutely. Um, Anybody out there that uh, does these jobs that uh, Gavin mentioned, uh, absolutely hit me up at smspodcast at yahoo.com. Am I saying that enough? I really want you guys to email me with some questions because these are real a lot of fun um last question is from Tom from Northwest Indiana Tom writes is Tom Conway as sexy in person as he is as he sounds on the radio or on the podcast I guess is what he meant to say if you ever let's think of uh, mid 80's Kenny Loggins Except with white hair. That's a sexy son bitch. So, signed, not Tom Conway. That's a little suspect, I think. Anyways, so that's the end of the fan mail. One more uh, thing of note um, that we're going to be doing. I've been in touch with the band. I shouldn't say this out loud because uh, I might jinx it, like the Corey Clark and uh, Jason Bonham thing. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, Valley of the Sun is a uh, band from Cincinnati. They're signed to a Swedish label. Um, really great band that I've discovered in the last couple of years. And uh, if you haven't heard them, look them up on Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you use. Um, great band. Um, but I've been in touch with them and uh, asked them if I could uh, chat with them on the May 8th stop of their tour at uh, Reggie's in Chicago. They've got a new album coming out here pretty soon. So they are doing a, uh, a tour. And uh, I th- actually think I'm talking to the singer through email, Ryan. And he said, absolutely, dude. And uh, another cool thing was is I sent him uh, a track from... Actually, I sent him the Reverb Nation link from a band, uh, Choke Center, which is like three songs that are like uh, rough mixes that are on there now. Nothing actually finished, but I sent him the link, and he was like, yeah, man, I, it reminds me of, uh, God, what did he say? 
I'm drawing a blank right now, but he gave me uh, a couple things that it reminded me of, and he said he liked it. So that was kind of cool, you know. But really good band. Um, I've seen some live clips from the uh, tour that they're on. Really looks like it's going to be a great show. But that's May 8th at Reggie's in Chicago, and I will be doing another um, location recording for that one. Um, So shortly thereafter, that one should come out. But uh, that's it for today. Nice uh, short episode. Wanted to let you guys know what was going on. Hopefully nobody's too pissed off that I uh, had that false start. But uh, I really wanted to uh, come out swinging for uh, Season 2. And uh, I think we're going to have a good season. I've got some good people lined up. A lot of the people that I talked about on the preview. Anyways, uh, any questions, comments, uh, whatever you got to say, send it to smspodcast at yahoo.com. Also, uh, find us on iTunes or wherever you... uh, listen to your podcast, write a review, uh, subscribe, and uh, we will talk to you next time. See ya.